guys, welcome to the Zenfluence podcast. I'm sitting down with Sammy Dindane from Morocco. And this guy is an incredible entrepreneur. He's the creator of Hype Fury, which is a Twitter SaaS tool that can grow your audience. And really digging into Sammy, he has a philosophical approach to life about mindset and also just this idea of, you know, achieving freedom in life. And I guess with that, Sammy, I'll just pass it over to you. And can you explain a little bit about like who you are uh, from your point of view? Hey, thanks for having me. So who, are you? who am I? Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty complex question. Well, I'm a software engineer by trade. I started Hype Fury two years ago. It's a SaaS app for uh, monetizing your audience uh, on Twitter. And that's what I do mostly. So I guess like what initially uh, pulled you to start Hype Fury? Like where did the idea come from? And even before Hype Fury, I know I read, I read in one of your tweets, I'm just gonna pull it up here. So uh, let's just pull it up here. So yeah, one of your tweets was, my story with Money Twitter started with fitness coaching and ended up with Hype Fury. You never know where taking action would lead you. Yeah, exactly. So I had like a consulting job, pretty chill job. I wanted to do something on the side. I wanted to have a side hustle. So my side hustle was uh, fitness coaching because I was a lot into fitness and I was like, hey, People ask me how to get lean, how to lose fat, how to build muscle. So I might as well make a business out of it. So that's how I got into uh, money Twitter, into trying, you know, writing an ebook, selling the ebook, etc., doing some coaching, and uh, and that's how Hype Fury happened. So uh, Hype Fury was in the beginning, it was like um, random because. I just wanted to try new tech, learn new tech while building something useful. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to build this tool. And I've had no, uh, you know, no ambition with it. It was really just a toy project. But when I built it, it took me three days. I remember I built an MVP. It was very ugly thread scheduling uh, interface, mm-hmm. but it worked. So I made some people use it because since I was on money Twitter, I uh, I knew some people. I was in networks. I was in pri- I was actually in a private community. So I posted it on the Telegram group. I was like, "Hey, I just built this tool. Try it." And then uh, some users, some people started using it, you know, to schedule threads. And then they started giving me future ideas, you know, uh, future suggestions. Uh, and some well, most of these features didn't exist elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So. That was when I realized that there's some there's something to do here. That the tools that exist, that Buffer and Hootsuite and all these big enterprisey uh, tools, general generic tools, are not enough for some people. And there's the market for something new. And that's when I really like started working on Hive Fury seriously. So I guess I'm like looking back at from day one till now. Um, you know, what have you learned through this entrepreneurial journey? Uh, I guess, what, what have you learned about yourself? Uh, well, I love freedom. I think you just said it uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love freedom. It's all about freedom and uh, being able to do what you want, when you want, how you want it. Uh, and there's also, there's a lot of, um, 
pride and joy into building something that people use and that help them uh, reach their goals. So Hype Fury, well, it doesn't like make people money or uh, help them reach their dreams, you know, it wouldn't go that far, but it's part of their toolbox. And that's something that makes their job easier every day. You know, it just helps them promote their self, promote their content, their products, uh, make a living online. And uh, when you're an entrepreneur and you're building these kind of tools, it's really, it's really fulfilling. You know, it's it's really amazing. So I guess like coming back to freedom, like why do you like freedom? Like, like is it just because like you know something when you're a child you're always thinking about traveling the world or um like why is it attractive to you <laughs> i'm sorry but i don't have like some crazy amazing story behind this just i think that's just the way some people are you know you have people who are really you are, you have people they're they're not like they're kind of scared of freedom you know it's not that they don't like freedom but they're scared of it because freedom has its own uh, well it has drawbacks of course you know one of them is that you're responsible for yourself, for your income, uh, for what happens to you, as opposed to, for example, nine to five, where you have less freedom, but you have more security, you know? Mm. So for me, it's, yeah, it's uh, the, the, the freedom that's the most important. And it, the whole, the whole, the unknown, you know, because like, like we said earlier, I started with fitness coaching, side hustle on the internet, just trying to make some additional income that I didn't really want. It was just, it was really for fun and to build something outside of my uh, usual job. And then it ended up with Hype Fury. And I don't know what's the next step. I don't know what's, what's going to happen in, in two years. I don't know what's going to happen in five, 10, 20 years. So it's, yeah. Maybe it's this whole hype about what what's gonna come next. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess, Sammy, if we go back to let's say when you started your fitness coaching online, right? Like, wh- where were you in life then? Like, were you working a nine to five and you had your fitness coaching on the side? Like, did you have to step into that mind of Sam? Like, what was your life then? Yeah, I had, uh, I was doing uh, software engineering consulting. Uh, it was kind of nine to five. Um, I was doing music, a lot of music. Uh, I have a music project, so I write music, I record it, etc. Uh, so back then I was really into music, really into fitness, going to the gym because there was a period in my life where I was fat not like a lot but still i was completely out of shape mm-hmm. and that's when i started really getting into fitness and uh, uh and that's when like a friend i don't remember exactly how, how it happened but he was like i was on twitter you know back then I ha- i've had my twitter account since i don't know 2010 or something 2009 maybe and that's when my friend was like hey there are these really cool accounts you should check on twitter and that's when I went back to Twitter and I started using it like on a daily basis. And that's when I discovered about side hustle and having your own thing, etc. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how it all started. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess like, how did you start the fitness coaching? I guess like, what, like, what, what was your first step then? Oh man, my first step. Uh, I just like posted on Twitter really like, hey, I can... 
I can teach you everything I know, you know, that I really went to, into it like that. I didn't plan a lot. I didn't know anything. Back then, I didn't know anything about online business. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know like what a funnel was or what, I don't know, something that might sound basic because I was like software engineer and software engineers don't know marketing and e-commerce and stuff like that. You know, we know how to do stuff with computers, but we don't know how to sell stuff, how to market stuff. So I just started and t- took it from there. Like I said, I joined the private community. It was uh, the Sovereign University uh, with other people who are trying to make an income online. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. And then I learned a lot of things. For me, it was really about like learning uh, and taking my time and just understanding how things work and failing and understanding, you know, step by step. Um, so yeah, I just started experimenting with an email list and then I wrote like a lead magnet and then I, I built like, a, I think I built an email sequence. I'm not really sure. Uh, oh. And then I just wanted to, to know how that thing works, you know, then I made an ebook. Then I started like getting some coaching clients that were not cheap because I started really crazy cheap. Like I'm even like <laughs> embarrassed to say how much I charged in the beginning. But uh, so, yeah, I started that way and uh, I reached a point where I was like more or less understanding how the, the game worked. And then that's when High Fury started. And thankfully, there's a friend of mine who was like, man, you should focus on High Fury. You shouldn't be doing fitness coaching anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. It was really, really great advice. Uh, so I just stopped like whatever I was doing and I went full on into High Fury. Yeah, yeah, I think what's really fascinating about this, Sammy, is like when coming back to the fitness coaching ideas, like usually you think fitness coaching on Instagram, right? But out of all places, you kind of started it on Twitter. And I think like starting fitness coaching there, um, it seems almost like pretty difficult to do because you have to do a lot of writing and, you know, a lot of uh, kind of finding your unique niche. But I, I think like that it's kind of cool how you did that. Like out of all places, you would think like it would be Instagram, but it was actually Twitter. And I guess coming back to this is like, why, why has Twitter been like a useful space for you? There are fundamental differences in how Instagram and Twitter work. So Instagram is a lot about visuals, pictures, you know, displaying things. Mm -hmm. And Twitter is more about like, content, text, interaction. Uh, on Twitter, you have access to some people you wouldn't speak with on, on, on Instagram because it's not a platform made for conversations, you know? While Twitter, by definition, it's a conversation platform. You reply and then they reply, etc. and you don't have that kind of direction. So as, as, a, as a user, I think it's more interesting to be on Twitter you know, today I have a, I've had a guy on Instagram asking me like about dropshipping and e-commerce and stuff like that. Well, I don't know much about dropshipping, but I know people on Twitter and I said, just get on Twitter because that's really the right platform to learn and to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because you have that, you can have that interaction and exchange ideas while you can't really do that on Instagram or it's, it's very hard. 
So there's, there are fundamental differences. I think it depends on the people. But as a creator, as, some, as somebody who is selling coaching, I can say that in general, you'll find better clients on Twitter. You'll find clients who can pay more, uh, who will who will respect your uh, service, mm-hmm. who are less cheap, uh, who really want results. I don't know why, you know, maybe because there's a lot of quantity on Instagram, you know, there, there are like tons of fitness coaches in, on Instagram. It, it's just mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, maybe because on Twitter you have the time to nurture your audience you know you can you can create like a more um, strong relationship closer relationship with uh, your followers so yeah that could be it so so i guess even if we dive deeper into twitter um i guess for this section i just want to check out some of your tweets sammy and uh really kind of pick your mind on them and kind of the philosophical approach but so i have about 10 tweets here but i'm just going to go to the first one here um, so yeah, this, this one comes back to actually your gym days. So I'm just gonna, let's see if I can share a screen here. All right. Um, share screen. All right. Can you see this? Yeah. So this, this one's on motivation, this one over here. So the question any gym goer hears the most, how do you motivate yourself to go? Brace yourself because I'm going to give you another bitter, bitter pill to swallow. You cannot rely on motivation alone. Why? Because motivation comes and goes. So I guess for this first one, Sammy, could you explain like the concept here? These are my old school style of tweets, <laughs> you know, when I was really into just gym stuff. Uh, well, yeah, well, there isn't much you can do uh, about motivation. Like, you can't rely on motivation. It's as simple as that. Uh, there are things you have to do, like you need to shower, you need to eat, you need to brush your teeth, stuff like that. You know, you don't say, oh, I'm really not motivated to today to take a shower. You just do it. And the same way, like going to the gym or working, you know, uh, sometimes, some days I don't want to work. I really like, or there are some tasks I really don't want to do them. And I can't be like, oh, I'm not really motivated today to do this. I just have to do it. And sometimes on the internet, often on the internet, you read like all this. Well, how how do you say that? Wish wish washy wishy washy whatever it's called. <laughs> talk that oh everything is great and there's like a life hack for everything, but it's not. Sometimes you just need to find like a bigger motivation to do uh, to do whatever you know. Maybe think long term or maybe think. Uh, what happens when you don't you don't go to the gym or what happens if you don't like do the tests you have for the day or stuff like that yeah so i guess let's say Sandy, there's someone out there in the world and you know they, they're hearing this podcast and they're thinking like oh i want to start fitness coaching or like a, a SaaS product or a business and but i don't feel motivated um what advice would you give them mm. I, I'd say think in 10 years, like how your life would be. Now, that, 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 that's kind of motivation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, do you just want to be like where you are right now in 10 years, which is uh, what happens to most people in the world, you know? 99% of people 
they would be the same in 10 years that, that they are today. So do you want to be that guy? Or do you want to do something better? Do you want to try something new? Do you have more? Do you want to have more freedom? Do you want to travel around? Do you want or do you want like to maybe work in a job where you can't travel, you know, where you can't move, where you have to plan your holidays, you know, and to. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say just get started, you know, there isn't like there isn't a secret, you know, there's there's nothing I can say that would make you like that would make a flip switch in your head. Uh, yeah, get maybe get some inspiration from other people, from other people who build it. From me, maybe, you know, I just got started. I tried something. It was kind of working, the fitness coaching. Then it took me to Hype Fury. And like I said, I don't know where I will be in 10 years. So, yeah, just get started. It's a very exciting journey. You are missing out, you know. If you're not doing something... If you're not creating something, you're missing out on life. Like, what's, like, what's the point in living? Like, uh, just like a consumer doing the same, the same shit every day yeah. for years. 100%. You know, hundred percent. No, like I, I totally agree with that advice because I think what I've been thinking about a lot lately, Sammy, is just how fast time flies, right? And like I remember when I was like twelve years old like or uh, 16 and now I'm like 26 and like 10 years just just like that right and I think I love that advice because yeah like if I need to start something today like I'm getting more into entrepreneurship I want to start like a jewelry business I've been working on it and it's like I have to take action now right I don't know if it's going to work out but you know like you never know right 10 years can fly by just like that yeah, man, time flies quick, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to repeat what you just said, but time flies quick. Like, it's been two years that I started Hype Fury. It's going to be two years in like three days or something. So, <laughs> and, you know, I just remembered one of my friends. Man, I remember he's been telling me like maybe for five years that he had to leave his job. It took him five freaking years. It just that's half a decade like it's crazy time and he was just like oh yeah i really don't like my job maybe i should find a new one you know so yeah if you if you stay where you are and you get comfortable you are less likely to move on to something else you know the, the more you stay the more you're going to stay in your job or in your comfort or uh, not starting something and you have all these people who are like yeah i've had i had i have this project idea you know and it's about this and that and you know i'm just waiting to start it and like yeah what are you waiting for you know but maybe your idea sucks and you don't know it you know and you're just like um having like a fantasy in your head in your mind about it and you don't know it. So you got to start as early as possible so you can know that it sucks and then you can move to something else. And, or maybe it's a great idea and you need to start soon on it. Or maybe there's going to be like, that market is going to blow up and you're going to miss the train. So yeah, think about the future really. Yeah. 100% agree. And like that, that's so funny how you brought that up, Sammy, because I've totally been that guy who is like wanted to leave, let's say, and I just got stuck in the loop of like, oh, like I'm going to leave in like 
every year and I just didn't. Right. And I love that the thing you said there was, it's almost like you'd rather live the fantasy than like deal in reality. And I think that's in entrepreneurship, let's say as for me, like as a new beginner entrepreneur, the thing that kind of I've been thinking a lot about is like when you actually try and go out in the world and maybe you're trying to sell a product and it's not selling to the level you want to sell it, it kind of hurts right and you're like man like this didn't really work out and it's a, but at least you get the data that's real instead of living like the fantasy where you're not you never started it but you could live like the dream of like oh when i do start it'll be big right <laughs> you see what i mean it's like when i do start it'll be big but you'd never really start and then on the other side it's like you actually started and it's oh man like, this is a good <laughs> well at least you're learning well maybe this is one of the reasons people don't get started because mm-hmm. they 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 are scared of what's going to happen you know they are they are scared of failure you know maybe that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. and the thing is even if like you try to sell something and it doesn't work you still have learned things you know that you can use for the next step of your uh of your journey you know mm-hmm. it's rare that you try something and you don't and it fails and you don't learn anything from it and even like when you like even in high fury like okay so work in business we make money but we fail in many ways because you have many small projects in one big project you know and sometimes we try things and they just suck you know but then we learn new stuff and then we move on and we try the next thing. So you're going to fail anyway in any project, you know, take any big company that's making like, I don't know, billions or millions or whatever. They are failing all the time in smaller areas, you know, but they're still building things and they're still growing and they're still creating new things. Yeah. Yeah, and you actually have a, a tweet about this now. I mean, I'll just, I'm just going to pull it up here, but it's um, yeah, a tweet from November 20, November 2019, November 29, 2019. You have to learn to fail to win. Failure is how we learn. People who achieve a great, great deal fail at many things. Recognizing failure as a potential positive experience gives you the freedom to try new things. Be, be more active and stretch outside your comfort zone. So it wasn't like, from me, by the way, but uh, completely, <laughs> completely agree. Yeah. So like, it, it's interesting that because you were thinking that like two years ago and like, even to get to that point, you must've been thinking that way before. Right. And it's, uh, it's just, I feel like that type of mindset is, it's pretty unique, right? Like, I don't think human, like human beings in general, like me, myself, like want to think that way, like failure is a great thing, but, um, yeah, you're right. Like you have a lot of freedom to do many things. If you're failing, that means you're trying and that's better than 99% of the people in the world. You know, how many people are really building things and trying to build things? Not many, you know, just take like 100 people, you know, especially in real life, because on the internet, of course, we know each other, you know, we know people are like us, but take people from real life, from your city and see how many of them are building new things. Uh, pretty, pretty sure nobody. So uh, failure means you're doing things and you're moving forward and you're creating, you're, you're creating your luck, you know, you're building your luck. 
I like to see it that way, you know, maybe I think I tweeted about that already, but you can just sit in your couch and expect luck to come to you, you know, you need to go there and look for that luck and uh, is, is that the law of attraction? I don't know. <laughs> is that the law of attraction? <laughs> yeah, I think the law of attraction is like you just and that you think about things and they're just going to happen without taking like action. Oh, oh so that's the opposite of the yeah. law of attraction. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, so yeah, that's that's it. Go look for your luck. So, so you're kind of like making luck, like go make, make your own luck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess, Sammy, let's dive into a few more of these tweets. Uh, let's see here. All right. So this is one that this is one that I love here. This I is... think you were a private in investigator in a, <laughs> in a previous life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually I wanted to be a detective growing up. Like that was one of my dream jobs. I remember when I was a kid, I was I had these detective uh, like books, and I was like, I want to be a detective when I grow up. <laughs> you never know but um yeah this one this tweet i saw this is july 30th i love this tweet you did it recently but it's accomplishing anything in life requires two things a positive mindset you have to believe you can do it and then second is persistence you have to keep going no matter what now i guess i just want to dig deeper into this but you know what do you really mean by a positive mindset Positive mindset is just simply, I want to say not being negative, you know, but it's pretty obvious, but it's pretty much that. Like, again, you take, you take most of the people, like you go on YouTube, you read comments and most of them are negative, you know, or you see some, you see somebody who has like a nice car and most people are going to say bad stuff about it. And that's exactly how you're not supposed to be, you know, and that positive mindset helps you do things, you know, sometimes people like they exaggerate that positive mindset and they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to show you how I made $3 billion in one week, you know, and that's bullshit, of course, mm -hmm. but that positive mindset just, just like, um, just, it, it opens the door, the doors for you, you know? Uh, I've seen it personally in my life. Like I remember my first consulting job, the way I got it was when a previous uh, person I know was like, hey, you want to get go on lunch, you know? And I still remember I asked my colleague because that friend who, who asked for lunch, he wanted to ask us some questions about some tools we were using back then in the job. And my, my colleague, he was better than me at it because he was working with it every day. And he was like, no, I, I don't want to go to lunch with that person. But I went and I got my first consulting gig, you know, uh, gig, sorry. So it, it, it's stupid, you know, but it's the way things work, you know, just positive mindset. Okay, I'm going to lunch with that person. I'm going to tell them what they, 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 they want. It's not really free consulting because it's just like, just freaking lunch, you know, I'm not going to give them the secrets of the world. And that, that, that happened, you know, and I left my nine to five and, uh, and then later on, I could work remotely from anywhere I wanted. So, yeah, I think positive mindset is like the most important things, you know, just looking at things in a, 
in a nice way in uh, oh, yeah this sounds weird but not nice way but um being more open to things you know to try new things not uh, not being like oh this is not criti criticizing everything you know there's there's that kind of people it's almost all the people you tell them something and the first thing they think about is oh yeah but you know it's not gonna work because blah 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 you know or oh you know it's too expensive or you know it's uh, the market is overcrowded you know so yeah positive mindset yeah, maybe it's like the the foundation of everything uh you're building really yeah yeah and it's i love how you put it as uh being open to opportunities and I'm sure you must face this with hype theory, right? Like with new clients who are maybe using hype theory to grow their Twitter following. Like, do you ever run into people who are like, "Oh, like, I, Twitter is oversaturated," or there's like, like there's there's no more opportunity here. Like, how do you deal with that? Uh, what can I say? Like, people every day prove that there are opportunities. So, what do you want to say to these people? Like. Mm -hmm. that that's the, they need to have some positive mindset <laughs> uh look high fury is one of the tools where the market is set is saturated you know uh there are a lot of tools there are bigger tools you know mm -hmm. uh there are tools that make like crazy money and still there is a market to do something new to create something new to do something different and also there's one thing to know is that with the creator, um, let's say the creator uh, movement, I, I don't like to call it com community, but with this whole creator thing, people buy from you. They don't only use logic to, to buy from you. You know, they don't compare apples to apple. You know, if, if there are like two fitness coaches, it's not the best one that would get more the most clients or the one with the most results or the one with the better physique it's going to depend you know on how people feel about them because that's what's great like that you, you can create like connection with people and they they pick you over somebody else mm -hmm. you know and it's not always again apples to apple they don't like put you one next to the other and compare they they pick you because they like you or they like your style or uh, they like how you speak or they like your ideas, you know, or they like your tweets. So the market is not saturated, like in a lot of things, maybe in some things, you know, mm -hmm. but in many, in many um, things you're going to try, there are different ways to do things. And um, I was tweeting about that, about this recently, but for example, you pick Buffer, Twitter scheduling tool. Not 100% of the people who use Buffer are 100% happy with it. You know, there are many of them that wish Buffer could do something else. Mm -hmm. And they could use Hype Fury, for example, or another tool. But there's always room for something new and something different, you know. And just because there are established brands, uh, doesn't mean that you can't do anything about it. Like even even drinks, like even even freaking water. You go to the store and there are like so many 
uh, brands of water. And imagine these guys were like, oh, there's, it's saturated. There's always a lot of bottles of water in the supermarket, you know? <laughs> there's always room for something new. And mm -hmm. people don't buy rationally. They don't buy logically. It's not, so, you know, for example, in the case of Hype Fury, there are some users who didn't even know there were schedulers, you know? They have never heard of Buffer and Hootsuite and they use Hype Fury. And that's, that's fine, that's great. So why would you, uh, like, yeah, why would you like re auto reject yourself? You mm -hmm. know, there, there are people everywhere who want to, 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 to try new things, experiment new things, buy new things, use new tools. Uh, and yeah, just, you just gotta go and get it really. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure like, as you're getting more attention with hype theory, like, I know like you guys have been growing fast and, um, like how do you deal with like let's say Hootsuite or Buffer or some of these bigger players in the tech space start to recognize you and like oh I theories on the map for Twitter like they're kind of a potential threat. Um, how do how do you deal with that as a CEO? I don't think they think that you know I think they are too big to do that you know that they have their own ways I don't I don't think they just have people sitting you know worrying about what's happening because if they did high free wouldn't exist you know so i think they keep doing their own things i think that's one of the challenges you know you should build a product that is not easily co copyable if that's a word so yeah, if if you have if you bring on the table only like a feature and they can copy it, that's a problem. But for example, in our case, we like to think that we don't bring features. We be, we bring like a system, you know, a whole process. You know, mm -hmm. we we have we have a niche. Our niche are like creators. Our niche are maybe people like you who have a podcast and then who want to promote their podcast and see and try new things and maybe release a product. You know. So we have this, um, this vision behind the product, you know? Uh, while like Hootsuite, it's just scheduler, you know? It's okay, automate your post on social media. Are you like community manager? You can have 20 accounts that you can manage, you know? And that's not what we do. So it's a really different vision. Yeah, no, I, I like that. So you kind of like niche down to the point where um, it's people can't really compete with you, right? And I, I kind of noticed that, noticed that with Hype Theory, like there's a lot of things, even reading through your tweets, like I saw a feature, like once it gets a certain number of likes, like it um, tweets something else. And I thought that was, I've never seen that in other tools. I was like, that was, that's really unique. That's a, that's a really cool feature. So the, the thing is, that is how people use Twitter. You know, so what, what I'm trying to build with Hype Fury is a system for Twitter. Is how we, I take the best practices from big uh, accounts and put them in, a pro, in the product, you know. So, for example, uh, when we say, okay, if a tweet reaches 20 like, I want to promote my newsletter. That is what people already do manually and we just automated it, you know. Uh, I don't know. I want to run sales on Twitter. I want to, with countdowns, you know, with a coupon and then you create a coupon and then you sell and then you have countdowns and then you, uh, 
you trigger people to buy. So all a lot of things we, we do on Twitter are just uh, how are just like automating what people do already on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess like thinking about high theory and the future of it, of where it's headed, um, where do you really see itself going? I guess this is more so, I, there's two parts to this question. I guess the first part is where do you see, before you can get into high theory, where, where do you see social media in general going over the next five years? It's gonna go toward what I call the creator uh, community movement. It's just like people like you and me who create something, create their own internet, you know, their own side of the internet, who have their fans, their audience, and who make a living out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's gonna be more into communities, I guess, you know, smaller communities, like money Twitter, basically, that's a community. And then you have a community on Twitter about fitness and another one about, I don't know, man, astrology, whatever it is. So I have all these communities there and you have these people being independent, being their own, their own boss and creating their own products and having their own fans. I think that's, uh, that's where it's going to go. And, and I guess like the second part of that is what, with hype theory, like, where do you guys see yourself going? Like, are you going to stay on Twitter? Do you see other platforms you want to get into? Well, for now, uh, Twitter is alive and well, so we're going to be on Twitter for uh, for the, the 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 next years, I guess. And then, if something new happens or something new is created. We're probably going to to support it, you know, and see how we can make it work. For for me, it's not about um, quantity. It's not about having as many social media as, as possible. Like for example, we support Facebook, but it just cross posting your tweets to Facebook. We don't support it as a first class platform. So for me, it's not about like the platforms and the features. It's more, again, how. Uh, somebody like you can promote uh, his podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and Twitter is one of the best ways to do that. Uh, Facebook, I don't think so. Maybe Instagram a little bit. So we could maybe move into like making Instagram more of a first class platform. The thing is, when when High first started, we couldn't even post to Instagram, which is pretty crazy, you know? We, we, I, I remember when we created that feature that creates an image from your tweet, we send it to you over email and you, have, you had to post it to Instagram manually and now it's possible to do it automatically. So I guess the more platforms become open and provide an API, etc., we can build things for it. You know, for example, I, I remember like it's been a year maybe that I requested access to Pinterest uh, development platform and I didn't get any response. I, it wasn't even rejected. So I'd like to see more um, platforms opening their, uh, their API, their development kits, and we can try new things, experiment with new things. 
and I guess this is a, another question too, but as a developer who, um, what have you learned going from a developer to like an entrepreneur, like that transition? And like, what would you say is the, what would you say for anyone out there who's in the development space, they're thinking similar to you, they want to be an entrepreneur someday. Um, what do you think is the strength of a developer who becomes an entrepreneur? It's the, the biggest strength out there, you know, it's being able to create things. You know, while marketers can sell things, they can't create it. They can't create it. So they have, there's like the first step that you have. Okay, maybe not the first because you don't necessarily need to build something to sell it. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the hardest parts for sure, you know. So for you, you can easily build a product and you can learn to market it or you can find somebody who would market it for you. So, uh, and the advice I would give is like, get your first client, you know, have somebody pay you money and then your mindset will change. It will change from developer mindset who wants to code, you know, to somebody who wants to build something, you know, it's different mindsets. And when people give you money, they trust you uh they they trust you you know and you have a responsibility towards them a responsibility to offer a great product to service them to help them and that's how you get out of the developer uh mindset and you get into the entrepreneur builder founder mindset and you also have a tweet about this too i just want to share it but it's uh the hardest thing in business is earning your first dollar. And uh, yeah, I guess, could, could you just explain like what, what you mean by this? Maybe just thinking back to when you were a developer building, getting your first clients with i3, but um, why is it hard to get your first dollar? Because when you get your first dollar, that means you kind of validated your idea and validation is the hardest, hardest thing, you know? Because there are all these people out there who build some product that nobody wants, you know. And if if you build that product that somebody paid for, that's that's the point where you're like, yeah, somebody wants this, you know. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's not the final version. Maybe it's a lot, you know. There are a lot of maybes, but you have built something that people that at least one person wanted, and then from there on. It's just about how to adapt, how to market, how to pivot, how to uh, build your vision. I think it just gets easier from there, you know? And I guess I have a few, a few more questions for you, Sandy, but uh, I just want to dive into this though. But um, just another, another thing I noticed too on Twitter, I guess we were talking to this earlier, but I know, I know you must travel a lot and you must enjoy traveling but i notice you, you'll post these pictures like this this is this is free and like a picture i travel 25 kilometers from my place so that's, yeah. that's <laughs> or even something like this i decided to take a road trip yeah, i'm to gonna Nova. do that uh, I'm, i didn't do it yet but i'm gonna do that oh you're, oh, you're gonna do it but, um, i'm gonna go to chernobyl mm -hmm. but like <laughs> you, have you done a lot of traveling or no man i didn't that's the thing i didn't not not enough but um 
Okay, I'm 99% sure I'm gonna do like Europe road trip with my car. So I'm just waiting for all these lockdowns and passes and all that stuff to go away. And then definitely I'm going to Europe. And I don't know if it's gonna be tough, you know, to drive that long. But I just want to do it. I just want to put some clothes in my car and just go, you know. And I really would like to go to Ukraine, tell Ukraine with car. I don't know if I'm going to do it, uh, but it's doable. And then go to Chernobyl. It's going to be really fun. Because I have this friend who likes, he shoots like um, kind of virtual reality videos. And he does like virtual reality um uh, you know shooting games mm-hmm. in chernobyl and i remember i watched one of the videos and i was holy shit that's that's the map from code 4 you know from call of duty 4 and actually the maps from call of duty 4 they're like um, um inspired from chernobyl from some buildings there literally the the same thing that's in the in the in real life is in the maps i was like okay so so my friend was like yeah you should come and then we can do some virtual reality things and then we could we can shoot stuff and i can uh, make you wear all this freaking armor i was like yeah let's do it like for sure (laughs) oh yeah that's that's crazy (laughs) yeah chernobyl would be a scary place i don't know if i'd ever go there but (laughs) nice you just, you just need not to drink any water you find there. <laughs> but otherwise, people go there, actually. There are official uh, tours that take you there, and you can visit the buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess, like, what's life like in, uh, like, comparing Europe to, like, like, I know you're in Morocco now, but, like, what's life like in Morocco, and, and why, why do you like it down there? Uh, it has good things and bad things. So one thing that is good and bad is the sun. So you have more sun, but sun sun makes you lazy. You don't want to work in the sun. You know, you just want to go out. So that's that's something you should get used to. Um, yeah, I, there are some things that are cheap here when it comes to cost of living. You know, a lot of things are expensive. You know, electronics stuff like that. They're all expensive because of taxes and because of. Uh, uh, scarcity and stuff like that uh, yeah just something interesting to try once in your life you know mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so it's, uh, it's different it's it's worth trying maybe not necessarily in Morocco because I know there are like other third world countries that are more advanced you know that are more uh, untru- yeah so something interesting is that for example, in Paris, there are lots of entrepreneurs that you can meet in real life. You can go to co-working spaces. You can go to uh, all these, uh, how, how is that called? The incubi- incubators. Oh, yes. Uh, I've, I haven't been in like officially in an incubator, but I've visited there. So if you go to somewhere small, like the city I'm in right now, uh, you you are less likely to meet to meet people like you so mm-hmm. you gotta rely on your internet network of uh, other people yeah so, so like how do you structure like what's like the format of your days in morocco like how do you i guess if you're there not with too many entrepreneurs like how do you stay motivated and stay focused uh well i can give you the perfect day because <laughs> sometimes days don't go like uh, as planned but 
perfect day. I, I sleep kind of early. I wake up kind of early. I get my coffee and uh, I plan my day, my tasks for the day. I work uh, sometimes in the afternoon. I go to the beach because it's nice, but it's not nice all the time. So uh, it's about staying home, doing the work. The best thing I did is building my home gym that is right here in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I can train from home. I don't need to go to the gym or commute or whatever. The gym wasn't far away, you know, it wasn't far from my place, but just like that, um, that act of getting ready, you know, wearing your clothes and getting in the car and driving there and getting out of the car and parking and stuff like that. It just like sucks your time. It sucks and it sucks your time, your energy. So one of the best investments was building a home gym so I can train as much as I can, whenever I can. That's amazing. I recommend anyone, you know, to build a home gym, to have a space to work out. Uh, yeah, and when it comes to how, how do you get into the work, well, one of the cool things when you have like small startup is there are a lot of things to to work on so you're never you're never out of work really you know mm -hmm. and you're never out of uh, users to speak to i also do some support not really regularly but like i have the support uh, our support tool open in a pin tab on my browser sometimes i just click and i see what's up Sometimes it's late in the night and somebody asks a question, so I don't want them to wait. So I just reply. And it's also uh, the opportunity to meet your users, to know more about them. Because one thing that really was um, really important in, it was key for Hype Fury's success, you know, modest success was uh, speaking with users, doing a lot of demos, um, asking users to introduce me, personally introduce me to other people. So I was doing a lot of that, you know. Uh, I was pretty much leveraging my network to, you know, make it grow, uh, learn more about how people use uh, Hype Fury promote it to them, get new users. So it's all, uh, it's all positive stuff. I, I think more people should do that, like go right where the users are and speak to them, ask for introductions, give demos. You know, sometimes I, I, I used to get like one hour long, one hour and a half long demonstrations uh, that led to, that, that didn't lead to a user, new user, but that, led to a lot of feedback you know and it also creates awareness for your brand you know especially if you're in, in a small niche you know today there are a lot of these all these twitter's twitter scheduler tools but when i started they weren't you know there were the big ones again hootsuite buffer etc but there were no tools made by just like a single guy you know like me so later on it created that um uh that i don't know movement of news twitter tools but uh when i started they weren't so it 
getting out there and finding users helped me create like brand awareness uh, for Hype Fury. Yeah, and I, I think it just shows you that like giving a demo to a, a user like that, it's like that extra, that extra, um, like extra thing to help them or like extra, it's like, it shows a lot of effort on the founder sense. Right, and I think that's uh, like an aspect of a great, a great CEO, right? Like they actually care about their users and their, like wh whether it's a support chat, like, and and they want. You have to care about the users, you know. It's mm -hmm. you don't really have the choice, you know. It's just the way things are, you know. You're building the software for them, so you need to uh, care about them. Uh, you need to see how they see things. You know, sometimes I just ask them to share their screen, and I see, I say, okay, just sign up. And then I start realizing things that I wouldn't have realized before because I, I created that this product, you know? So for me, the way I use it is different than um, from other people. And sometimes you see that, for example, if there's a button in your screen and people don't see it, you know, because of some reason, maybe because it's too much to the right or too much to the top or it's, you know, and then you're like, oh shit, like, this is important, you know, I'm glad I did this because it's something important, like, and God knows how many users were in the same situation, you know, and you didn't know about it. So it's really important that you do this kind of calls. It's really important that you do some support, you know, sometimes when I reply to the, um, to the user's questions, I'm like, what do you do? That's it. What do you do on Twitter? You know, what do you sell? And then you can learn more about what, you know, because Hype Fury is like two years old, but we're still in the learning phase, you know? Well, again, we don't know what's gonna happen in two years, in one year, in five years. So you should always be learning about how people use your tool. Uh, sometimes you discover that there are like really weird ways some people use your tool, you know? Sometimes you realize like you built a feature and you know, for example, when we build the analytics feature, you know, I built it because people really requested it, but I was like, mm, it's really gimmicky, you know, it's, you know, you don't need to worry about all that stuff. It should, things should really be simple. You, you don't have to go into your analytics and read all these stats. But then a user showed me like really great ways that they use it, you know, and they, so they make their, uh, content creation very data based you know they are, it's based on data you know it doesn't tweet on the uh, just like just like that randomly so he sees like oh when i speak about money people like this tweet you know when i speak about this people like it less and then he can he could craft like these tweets that are really made to engage that are really made to sell that are you can see like yeah for example when it comes to analytics you can see which tweets bring profile clicks because sometimes there are those tweets that brings you that bring you likes but really you don't care about the likes you know likes doesn't do anything to you but you can see that another kind of tweets it brings you profile clicks and profile clicks are really important because that's how people uh you know yeah if they don't click on your profile they can't follow you if they click on your profile they they are more likely to follow you mm -hmm. so 
again, uh, yeah, speak to users. <laughs> it's really as simple as that. 100%. I love that, Sammy. And, um, and yeah, I guess uh, thank you so much for hopping on the Zen Plus podcast. I think you have a really unique mindset. And I have a few more questions for you just before I wrap up. But like the first one is... I still have time, so I'm good. Like if for any questions you want to ask. Yeah, yeah so, so I guess Sammy, like where can people find you on social media and you know, jump on Hyperion, learn more about the product, learn more about you specifically. Um, where can people find you? Uh, obviously Twitter, so S-A-M-Y-D-I-N-D-A-N-E. I still sometimes have a hard time saying the alphabet in English because it's not my first language. Uh, so yeah, uh, or just go to hypefury.com. Just the way you say it, hypefury. Uh, so if you want to get started into whatever online business, uh, if you already have an online business and you're just starting out, so Hypefury is perfect for people who who have already started, who have already done the first step, you know? So if, you, if you've done the first step, if you have a product, if you are working on your product, you should use Hypefury 100%. I'm not saying this because I created it. It's 20 bucks a month. So, you know, it's not, you know, it's it really, you should use it. You know, if you are just starting out, uh, we have a free guide so you can get started. It's uh, it's on our Twitter account, so you can find it. I think it's the pink tweet. Uh, get the free guide, uh, get started. We have a free plan coming soon. So once your trial expires, you're going to be automatically on the free plan. It's pretty, it's limited, but it works. So you can get started with scheduling your content. If you're not on Twitter, you should really get on Twitter. You know, whatever you're doing, you're going to find... Uh, a community of people like you and you can learn from them and you can start from there you know and if if you like if you're not sure you want to get started it's gonna make you want to start it's gonna uh, take you from that uh, consumer mindset to the creator mindset and that's exactly what has happened to me you know when my friend told me to check these accounts i was a consumer so i was just reading tweets and then with time, I wanted to be that creator and build something and build my side hustle. So, yeah. And I'll also have the, the links in the description for you guys too. And, um, and yeah, I guess I have two, two more questions for you. But the first one is, this is, this is going to be a reverse question. Usually they ask, like, what would you, what, what would you ask your, your past self? But like, I want to reverse this and say, Sammy, like, let's say your 60-year-old self, right, in the future what do you think he would say to you today? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, oh man, you're, you're asking me a trick question. Uh, I think, well, in general, I think you should, you should, you shouldn't regret things you've, you've done and you shouldn't, uh, regret the things you haven't done you know that's why you should get started in anything you want to get you want to do uh if you don't you're gonna regret it later uh, personally i don't regret a lot of things there are not many things i regret because i feel that at any point of my life i did my best you know or maybe almost my best so I'm fine with it, you know, even the time like I spent playing video games or spent just 
not doing anything with my life. I don't regret it because later on I changed, um, I changed my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, really like think about life in terms of regret, like, would you regret in five ne- years, not starting out today, whatever you want to do, not leaving your job, not starting that business, not, uh, saying yes to that meeting, you know? Uh, the, the answer is pretty much yes, you're going to regret it. So just get, get to it. <laughs> and, and I guess for the last How do you like me avoiding your question? <laughs> that, was, that was perfect, Sammy. That was perfect. But, um, but yeah, I guess for the last uh, question, like the, so the tagline of the Zenfluence podcast is this idea to enjoy the journey, right? And uh, you actually had a, a tweet about this that I want to pull up. But um, and and just see your your ideas on it. But so here it is, Sammy Dindane. The grind is intense, but take the time to enjoy the journey. And I guess for the last question, Sammy, I want to ask you, what what does that mean to you? So being an, an entrepreneur is something not a lot of people uh, in the world experience. It's really unique, you know, like if we are in this position, we're really unique by definition. So, and it's unique. I don't know. It's unique because it brings you new, it it makes you feel new way, new, new feelings, really. Like I said early in the beginning of this episode, like it makes you feel proud, you know, and feel fulfilled. And you learn stuff. If you are a learner, I fucking love learning. You know, I like being a beginner at something and just feeling the progress, you know, feeling that I'm learning something new, you know. So if, especially if you are that kind of person, you are going to enjoy the journey. Like you're going to enjoy not knowing things and then starting to know things and then starting to understand them and then maybe even mastering them, you know, becoming a master at something. So I don't know what the question was, but uh, enjoying it, it's just going to happen. Like really get started. That's that's the only advice to I give people, like just do it, you know, whatever you're trying to do and don't overthink it, you know. If you have an idea, just don't go like build a logo and buy a website and build a website the website is going to be useless anyway like websites today they're pretty much useless nobody uses a website people go on instagram or they go on facebook or whatever uh don't 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 go see a freaking lawyer about your ip that don't exist it's funny i said the same thing in a podcast a few days ago but (laughs) i I literally spoke to a guy i was like oh i have this idea and i'm having a meeting with a lawyer to product my ip and i was like well, I didn't tell him, of course, but I was like, what's IP? Like, you haven't built anything. You have absolutely nothing. So what IP are you going to protect? And even if you want to, you write a patent, which is not going to be possible because you can't patent ideas, mm-hmm. somebody can just steal it and build whatever the hell they want with it. It's not going to prevent them from stealing it, you know? So just get to, get to work, really. Uh, get to work. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be uh, sophisticated, you know? Like, if you want, again, you want to start a fitness coaching, send a message to all your friends. Tell them, hey, I'm starting my fitness coaching business. Are you interested, you know? 
make them pay, you know, don't do it for free. Don't do it for cheap, you know, and make them pay and uh, get started. And then you can see from there, you can learn from there. Invest in your education, you know. If you follow somebody on Twitter that sounds legit, that is respected, they have a course, uh, buy their freaking course, you're going to learn a lot. Uh, then you can even ask them question. You can you can buy a course for $50 and ask that person questions like that uh, whose, question, whose answers are really worth gold, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a, it's a good way to do it. Uh, and yeah, enjoy. And there you have it, guys. Sammy Dindane.